0: Pick five people that I know have had a story maybe over the last year or God's done something in their life, and uh, I, I ask them to come share for five minutes, and I have to remind myself that for me, five minutes is not that big a deal. Just give me a verse and I can go for five minutes, no problem, um, but they're all nervous. They've all told me, and today we have a very special, we'll save it till the end, we have a very, very special um, fifth person that's going to do it today, and uh, if, if it doesn't hit your life and, and uh, God doesn't maybe shake up some things in your life, then uh, we may need to check your pulse today. Um, so the way this works is I'll introduce them, we'll bring them up. And uh, you guys don't see it, you don't have to turn around and look, but on the back wall and then right here in front of me, there's a big five-minute timer. And so in five minutes it starts counting down, and when it gets down to zero, you're going to hear this annoyingly loud buzzer. No, I'm just kidding, we're not going to do that to him. <laughs> I was going to do it, but then I was afraid one of the five might have a stroke on me up here <laughs> and scare them. Uh, but no, they'll have five minutes, and I've, all I've asked them to do is simply share what God's done or is doing in their lives and share from the bottom of their heart. And uh, I thought of no better person than to kick it off today than the one we lovingly refer to, refer to as, as Crazy Larry. So Mr. Larry Rivers, why don't, you, why don't you come on up? And while he's coming, give him a hand. And while he's coming, let me look back there at the camera and say welcome if you're watching online. I know we got a lot of people traveling. And I'll use the same time to remind all of you guys who are speaking today, you need to stay between these two monitors because if you leave, you will vanish from the screen and people at home won't be able to see you. Can you follow those rules? No. (laughs) Well, good luck. When the
1: anointing gets on, (laughs)
2: you've got
0: to move. All right, Mr. Larry Rivers.
2: This is the part that bothers me is having to speak and overcome nervousness, and the blood is gone out of my legs. So it's hard to stand on these two things. But Clint texted me, sent me a text, and he asked me if I would do a five-for-five, and hesitantly my text replied was, hmm. I had to think about it, pray about it, and it took a long, I'm a deep thinker. It took about ten minutes. I said, yeah, I'll do it. So uh, immediately a scripture came to my mind. Uh, about, don't put it up there yet, it's not in order, but the first scripture that came to mind was Romans 8, 28, and I said, I got something for that, and then uh, as the two weeks progressed, you know, I want to tell you something this morning, the devil is a liar, touch your neighbor and say, the devil is a liar, yeah, he's. I want to always do that, but he is, because he started working on me and saying, you ain't got... You ain't got nothing for 828. You ain't got nothing. Why don't you give your testimony? Why don't you uh, do this? Why don't you do that? So he started to try to confuse me and get me off track. So it came full circle, and I came back to what I want to talk about this morning. Now you can start the timer. Start that thing over. (laughs) I I want to talk to you about a mindset, a mindset. Are you familiar with the term mindset? Have you ever looked up the definition? Well, I did and I got all my notes jumbled because I got so excited. But uh, mindset is an established set of attitudes held by someone. Or if you was a smart person, like, is any Judge Judy fans out here? Anybody watch Judge Judy? Only two or three of you? Okay, well, my wife loves Judge Judy, all right? And she says, they don't keep me here because I'm gorgeous. They keep me here because I'm smart. She would say it like this. That a mindset is. I lost my track. Here it is, right here, people. Don't worry. Start the timer over. It is the habits of the mind formed by previous experiences. That's deep, ain't it? It was deep for me. Think about that. It's the habits of the mind formed by previous experiences. That's your mindset. So i got to come up with some other terms for mindset, frame of mind, what makes you tick, where's your head at, outlook, mentality, attitude, belief, it's your mindset. There's two types of mindsets, I believe, well there's probably more, but let's say a victor's mindset and a victim's mindset. Anybody familiar with Gulliver's Travels when you were a kid, the cartoon? Anybody see that? Oh, there's a few. Good. Well, they had a character on there named Glum. Do you remember Glum? Glum's response to everything was, We'll never make it. We're doomed. He didn't, he had a victim mindset. Then I think of a victor's mindset. And anybody remember Mr. Bill Watkins? You ever ask Mr. Bill, how you doing? How you doing, Mr. Bill? I am blessed and highly favored. Hallelujah. I'm blessed and highly favored. Hallelujah. I said, man, I want to get like that one day. So it's a mindset. So I think there are four scriptures. Now I'm getting into it. Now you can start the timer. The first scripture is, what did I put? 2 Timothy 3.16. I'm sorry, y'all. I am just so dang nervous. (laughs) Oh, I need these. I gotta read it. All scripture, somebody say all. All scripture is God breathed. Somebody say God breathed. Mm-hmm. That's good right there. And is useful teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. We gotta know from the from the get-go to have a victor's mindset that all Scripture, not some, not every other verse, not the Old Testament, not the New Testament, not every other chapter. You get my point? All Scripture is God-breathed, and it's profitable for us. All right? Now, oh, this may go pretty quick. You can start that timer over. I'm counting down. The second Scripture is Hebrews 4.12. Oh, there it is right there. I ain't get to use these glasses. The Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of the soul and spirit, joints and marrows. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Now, does that sound like a mindset? The Word of God is alive. The Word of God is alive. Woo! I tell you, I get excited this morning. I about to come out of my skin and worship. When I think of alive, I think of the movie Frankenstein. When I was a kid, you remember Boris Karloff with the black and white Frankenstein? What did the doctor do when the, when the monster come alive? It's alive! It's alive! It's alive! The word of God is alive and it's active. It's able to judge. It's able to do all those things that it states. Woo! Come on, somebody. Whew, I'm getting, I'm getting real excited. All right, then we go on to, well, I forgot my notes. I got so excited. <laughs> John 8, 32. You shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. How many times you quoted that? Hmm? You shall know the truth. You probably don't say, and you, you shall know. You probably say, the truth will set you free. I'm going to tell you right now, the Word of God. It ain't no lie. It ain't made up. It ain't a fairy tale. And it's better than Coca-Cola, baby. It's a real thing. All right? The Word of God. It's the truth. How are you going to spend the million dollars you got in the bank if you don't know you have it? You got to know. Know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You got to know. I know I'm running over now. I hate that timer. I wish you all would it's in the red, negative something, oh my gosh, then we get to finally the scripture that God gave me, Romans 8, 28, oh, I better find some notes, y'all look at me, uh, there we go, and there, you notice how it starts out, and we know, and we know that in all things God works for the good for those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose, He works through difficult things. He works through complicated things. He works through complicated people. Hello? Woo! That'll preach. That'll preach all by itself. He works through easy things. He works all things out to the good. I looked up that scripture on Google, and you can get all these smart people, and they can take the word all, and they can dissect it so much where it says, you know, all don't really mean all. I looked in the front of my Bible, and all of these doctors and -and so-and-so that put this Bible together, they all are pretty smart, pretty smart people. Don't you think they would put in a different word if it didn't mean all? All things. He works all things to the good, Cam. I told Cam this morning I'm going to be just like him when I grow up. All right? So I better wrap it up. I'm going to tell you, those are four scriptures. That's a formula for the Word of God that can help us have a mindset, a mindset, a victor's mindset. Our formerly is the word. It's God-breathed, okay? It came from God. It's alive and active. It ain't dead. It's the truth. It's the whole truth, nothing but the truth. It's the word of God. And it works all things for our good. And you know what else Judge Judy said when she ends the show? I'm done. I'm done. I'm out of here.
0: See, I told you he'd be a good warm up. <laughs> All right, our next one I asked, and she she dodged me for a while, and I was relentless and pursued her, and she told me that she was going to come up here and cry. So I've already preloaded you, and so um, you're welcome to cry. But why don't you guys give a big hand for Miss Madison Collins?
1: I want to do my five-minute talk through the book of Daniel, chapter 3. So I know everyone has probably heard of the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But I wanted to go through it with y'all again because this story is really impactful to me. So King Nebuchadnezzar wanted everyone to worship the gold statue. He said at the sound of musical instruments, all, no matter race, nation, or language, was to bow to the ground and worship the gold statue and if they didn't, they would be immediately thrown into the blazing, fu- the blazing furnace. Sorry, I'm so nervous. <laughs> okay, some astrologers of that time went and told King Nebuchadnezzar of the three Jews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and how they paid no attention to the king and how they refused to serve his gods and that they didn't worship the gold statue that he ordered everyone to. So, of course, King Nebuchadnezzar gets so angry that he ordered Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego to be brought before him And when they were, he said he would give them one more chance to um, bow and worship the gold statue when they heard the musical instruments. And if they didn't, they would be thrown into the furnace. So, starting in verse 16 is where it gets good. So, in verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego say to the king, We do not need to defend ourselves before you, for if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us. But, Even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. So, of course, in verse 21, King Nebuchadnezzar has them tied up and thrown into the furnace. And in verse 24, King Nebuchadnezzar stands in amazement, exclaiming, Didn't we tie up three men and throw them in? Look, I see four, unbound, walking around in the fire, unharmed. And the fourth looks like a god. There is no other god who can rescue like this. Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay. All right, so me going through this Bible story to do the five-minute talk made me realize how much we can relate with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, especially with how things are in this world that we live in. But to know that we should be brave, we should be courageous, and have This kind of faith where we can stand up and love and stand on God's promises and tell the devil that our God we serve is able to save and he is good and he is alive and our God wins. God is here. God is with us just as he was with Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego in the fire. He is with us all our days through every season of life for every person. And I pray that we can stand boldly in our earthly bodies, and declare these same things like they did long ago and let people shout and question and let people say, look, they aren't standing alone. They have God on their their side. May we be the light God has called us to be, and may we be that city on a hill together as we work to bring more and more people to Christ as they see our unshakable faith. All right, thank you.
0: Yes, she might. <laughs> All right, our our next one. Um, Mr. Eric Tinsley, come on up. I asked him and before I could finish the sentence, he said yes. So he's either <laughs> he was he was loaded and ready to go. So why don't you guys give a big hand to Mr. Eric Tinsley?
3: I said yes quick because when he asked me to give a testimony. I figured the best way to show someone how much God loves us is through a personal testimony. And so when he started asking me, and I said yes quick, I think we don't know how much our Father loves us until we face something, you know. And then when we get to that point where we face something and you experience that, it makes you not want to lose it ever again. And it made me want just to share his love with the world because I know what he did for me. Now, my personal testimony, you know, it started back in early 2000, and I was a police officer in Florida, and I was a good police officer, and I got injured on the duty, and at the same time I got injured, I was going through a bad divorce, and so here I'm thinking the world's just coming down on me, you know, I was born and raised in the church, so I knew that I can turn to God, but I didn't turn to Him, you know, and then as my problem continue to get bigger. You know, I lost my job, went through that divorce, finance came into a to be a problem. And that's when I try to figure things out on my own. You know, when you try to figure things out on your own, you you really mess it up bad. You mess it up bad. So I was taking those steps of making it whole bigger. And so now I'm wondering, my head is spinning, you know, what I'm gonna do. What I'm gonna do. Started getting back on my bills, couldn't make my payments. You know, I had my daughter I was trying to raise. And then because of the divorce, she was pretty much removed for a certain period of time when I was lost. You know, and that really hurt me. So now I said, what can I do? I said, I want to find another job so I can take care of my daughter, catch up on my bills. But I got desperate and I called a friend who lived three and a half hours away. And him and his family had a business. I said, you gotta help me, you know? That's how desperate you get. You reach out to the wrong people when you should have reached to your father. And so he gave me a job, but that means that I had to leave and live three, hours and, three and a half hours away from my daughter. And so now they made the hole even bigger because when I got to that point, I didn't get to see my daughter anymore. And it bothered me every day. Now, when I was at work, I would think about it, but I also was thinking about work. But when I got home, it gave me so much time to think about the things I don't have anymore, the things that I was missing, the things that was so important to me. That's the time that we're supposed to have trust in God, you know, but I didn't have it at that point. And with Proverbs 3, verses five and six, which tells us, trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. But because I was so consumed in my misery of the world, I got further away from God. I stopped going to church and I turned to a bottle. And So when I would think about the things that were so messed up in my life, I poured me a drink. And I drink because I say, you know what, that can take that misery away for, for a little short period of time. But guess what, once that feeling goes away, you back to square one with that problem. So the problem got even worse. That's when Satan said, you know what, this is the time that I get mess with him a little bit more and take him away from God just a little bit more because as long as I can keep him away from him, I got him. So now I'm starting to pour a drink every day. And then one night, you know, I was pouring that drink because I started thinking about that problem again. And I just was at my wit's end. So as I was about to take a drink, that's when the Lord stepped in. You know, because he was waiting for me to call on him. And then uh, Psalms 50, 15, tell you, And call on me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you, and you will honor me. And I set that drink on the table. And I stared at that drink for 15, 20 minutes. And he wouldn't let me drink it. And at that point, I fell to my knees. I said, Lord, I can't do this. I can't even fix my own problems. Because it was me trying to fix it, not him. I said, no, I'm giving you. I'm giving myself to you because I can't do it. And from that point on, The Lord brought me back. Not only did he restore me, but I seen the love. I experienced that love. And that's what makes me want to share it with the world. From that point on, he took me back. Now, when I got injured in law enforcement, they said, you was unfit for duty. And we can't use you anymore. And that's how they forced me out. But God showed him something different because I moved back to where my daughter was. I got another police job within 30 days. And he built me up until I was a high standard in my police department. And everyone looked up to me. But, you know, I always took that moment to share the gospel with any and everybody. At that point, I said, I'll never turn back again. And my daughter was back in my life. And he continues to bless me to this day because another thing that was missing is, that, that zeal that I had was diminishing, but he blessed me with a, a wife who loves him just as much as I do that makes me be a better man. God gives us responsibility as men to be the head of the household spiritually in every kind of way. And that's what a spiritual woman would do, would bring the best out to you that God put in you. And that's how you work the good as a team. So I'll leave this with you. It's uh, Deuteronomy, chapter 31, verse 6. It said, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And God, my Father, loves me. Thank
0: you. Good word. Amen. I told you. Alright, where's Miss Caitlin? I know she I know you're nervous, just come on. I'll stand up here with you if I need to. <laughs> this is another one I, I asked a while back. Actually she was she doesn't know this, but she was the first one I asked. Um and uh I don't know really even what she's gonna share. I won't steal her thunder, but um it was Melani's honor and pleasure to to walk with, with Caitlin and her husband Bo through some rough times, wouldn't you say? And uh as they were in the process of having a family and uh, when we did 5 for 5 this year, she was the first one that came to my mind um, because I think their life as her and Bo as a family is just a powerful thing. And so I'm excited to see what you got. And I got you some tissues, too. All right. Give a hand to Miss Caitlin Baysborn.
4: Oh, okay. I'm very nervous, and I'm probably going to cry, so I'll just go ahead and throw that out there now. Um... Bo and I have been together since high school. We've been together a while. We've we didn't do things right. We've made some mistakes. We aren't perfect. I got pregnant at nineteen, and we had our first daughter when I was twenty. Um, we we waited a while, and we decided that in 2016 we were like, okay, we're ready. We think this is a good age difference between our kids and that this is a good time for us we can have a kid now it's great well that didn't work out how we wanted it to because regardless of what we planned that's that's not what God has in store for us all the time and um, I remember talking with some friends of ours and they were trying to have a baby at the same time that we were and we both got pregnant before we got married and we both felt like okay Maybe we don't deserve this because we, we didn't do things right. We, we did it wrong. We didn't do it in the right order. And we were worried, like, okay, maybe this is, like, our payback. But that's not how things work. Well, while she and I were talking about this, she invited me to a Bible study group to come with her that she had been a part of uh, probably about a month, I guess. And I started coming to this Bible study group and we constantly, we met all the time. We met every week, and we would meet at random days, and for our husbands, they probably weren't very happy with us, because most of the time, we would meet at seven, and we would stay until 11 or 12, and it would be really late by the time we got home, but we had gotten so into our conversations, and trying to find bible verses to help everyone out because we were both trying to get pregnant and they were like, "Oh, this scripture will help. This will help." And we would talk about it. Well, I'm rambling. I'm sorry, y'all. She ended up getting pregnant before I did. And we were so I was so happy for her, don't get me wrong. She that was great for her and her family and I loved it. But that didn't happen for me and I was sad for me. But Fortunately, a month later, I found out I was pregnant, too. But five days later, I miscarried. And that was very, very devastating for me and my husband. And it was harder than we both thought. It was hard on our marriage, and we drifted apart, and things didn't go well after that. But we still continued to try, and about seven or eight months later, we got pregnant with a little girl. And... Making it through that first trimester was a struggle. I was so worried. I didn't think that, I thought something bad was gonna happen like it did before, but we made it through the first trimester, found out it was a girl. We finally made it to our 18 week appointment, had the anatomy scan. And during our anatomy scan, we found out that she had two cysts on her brain and we had a two vessel cord. And those are markers for genetic disorders and during that time, I came to church. I was really upset. They were sending us to a specialist to have a level 3 ultrasound, and it was about two weeks away. So I came to church one day, and Clint had made a comment about Emma and saying that God had a purpose for her. It didn't matter what you know people would say or what the doctor said. She had a purpose, that no matter what, there was a reason for her to be on this life, in, on this earth, and I was like, that's it. Like, we're waiting for our genetic results and all of that, but it's okay because she has a purpose. No matter what, it's going to be okay because she has a purpose. Well, we make it to that specialist, and they told us that she had hypoplastic left heart syndrome, which is basically saying that the left side of her heart did not develop. And it was not good because not only did we have that, we also had the two vessel cord. And babies with a two vessel cord don't usually make it to full term. And with her heart defect, we needed to make it to full term so she could survive the surgery that they needed to have two days after birth. And they, we were about 20 weeks along then, and they were like, we need to get you in to see a cardiologist right away because in the state of Georgia, you can only abort up to 20 you can't abort after 23 weeks and we were like that's not an option for us that's not what we want it doesn't matter like that's we don't want to talk about it well they rushed us in got us to a heart doctor and they let us know basically all that was wrong like how bad it was going to be how tough life would be for her how it would be rough but we were like we're going to stick it out it's okay we're going to make it it'll work well They did an amnio while we were there because they wanted to rule out any genetic issues. So we got our results in about two weeks later, I guess. And she had no genetic abnormalities. She just had a bad heart. And um, I found that out on the way to the doctor that day. And we went in and I was super nervous. I asked my mom to come with me because I hadn't felt her move in a while and I was worried it had been about two days and I was getting concerned and she was like oh it's okay I'm not busy I'll come with you well they got the Doppler out and tried to find a heartbeat and couldn't find one so they took us to the ultrasound room and the lady said well you know the words you don't want to hear the reason they couldn't find one is because there isn't one and that was devastating. She made a call to my husband and let him know that what had happened. And they took us back to this room, and they said, I know that this is hard and everything, but we can deliver today if you want to, but I don't recommend it because at 22 weeks, it's, it's not good. The placenta might not detach, and then you would then have to have surgery to have it removed. So we waited six days. And that was the hardest six days to make it through with everyone looking at you pregnant, knowing that your baby didn't make it. Well, we went into the hospital, and we had her, and it was a horrible experience. Um, The nurse that was there at the night, they told us it would take 24 to 48 hours, and the nurse that was there didn't, she wasn't prepared, she didn't know. And it was a very hard delivery. She didn't know I was actually in labor four hours after we got there. And I had her without a doctor being present. The bed wasn't taken apart. There was nothing. It was, it was a very, very bad experience. And it wasn't pretty, but we had her and that was that may not have been our plan for her but it was God's plan and it wasn't it wasn't great sad but it it God found a way to make it there for us because during this time our relationship got so much better and we were so close to one another and before it ever happened he brought me to my the girls that are in my Bible study group and he helped me because they were the first people that I turned to when we found out any bad information. They were there. They they were my sounding block. They were there to lift me up. They were there to make sure that I didn't stray away from God and that I turned to him instead of turning away or blaming him. They they helped me more than they will ever know. They were... (laughs) They were amazing. And they would send me scriptures and they would pray for me and they wanted to meet all the time. We can come here, we can do this, we can do that. And they are the most amazing people. And we don't meet all the time now because I got pregnant shortly after, a couple months after, and I have another little girl now. She's completely healthy. And there's nothing wrong. And even though we went through that bad time, God had a plan for us. Because we do have our two girls, and they're healthy, and they're beautiful. And even though we had to go through something ugly, it all worked out. Because Lakin, which is the baby that died, she's perfect. She's healthy. She's whole. And she has a better life than any of us. And I do have a couple scriptures. And one of them is Psalms 34, 4, and 6. I prayed to the Lord, and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. In my desperation, I prayed, and the Lord listened. He saved me from all my troubles. In Psalms 34, 18 through 19, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. The righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to the rescue each time. It may not be how we want him to rescue us, but at the end of the day, he still comes through and does what's best for us.
0: Thank you for doing that, Caitlin. I know that was, that was tough, but um, again, you know, you heard me say before that you have a story. And you've been in places that I've never been, and been through things that, that I've never been. Mel and I have had been through a, a miscarriage, but we never had gone into that situation. And uh, I hope that encourages it, encourages you today, if if that's something you've dealt with, or that um, God does have a plan, and uh, it's going to be demonstrated. Uh, I can't think of a better way to do it than by our next and uh, and final. Uh, five for five and um, she is and you'll see in a second she is our youngest ever been doing this five years to be our youngest and she was the second one we actually went uh, to her parents and asked her and asked her mom and dad if we could do this um, because I wanted you to hear a story a lot of times we, we hear we hear good testimonies and we hear God restoring lives and restoring relationships, and, you know, we hear God restoring things that the devil's taken from us, and we, we hear what Larry said about having a, a, a mind of a victor, that God's won the battle for us, um, but I wanted you to hear a testimony today that um, will show you a picture from, from during the battle, or learning about the problem through a battle, and then seeing God do something supernatural because how many of you believe this God's still in the healing business he hadn't closed up shop and, and it doesn't take a big to do the Bible simply says that it, that when that when you lay hands on the sick that they'll recover that God, that Jesus has died for to give us freedom not only from our sins but from our sickness and disease and uh, so the way we're going to do this one is I want to introduce to you um, Miss Mia Thompson. And uh, rather than get her up here, um, we did some work last week, or actually Melanie did. So you can thank Melanie. She, Melanie shot, produced, and edited this video all by herself. I was so, the geek in me is so proud. (laughs) Um, But if you guys can, if y'all can dim the lights, and you're going to hear from Miss Mia Thompson.
5: Today I want to introduce you to someone. This is our youngest Five for fiver that we have ever had, but she has an amazing story. This is Amelia Thompson, but what do your friends call you? Mia. Mia. Can I be your friend today? Can I call you Mia? Yes, All Alright, so this is Mia, and we want to just talk with her a little bit today and let her share about something exciting that happened with her this year. So Mia, how old are you? Five years old. What are some of your favorite things to do? Do at gymnastics. At gyna- you like gymnastics? What do you do at gymnastics? Cartwheels and I do one. and and I go on the bar. On the bar, what's your absolute favorite thing to do at gymnastics? To go on the bar. The bar is your favorite. That's good. Are you good at it? and sometimes we get tattoos, and sometimes we get stickers. Ooh, as prizes for doing a good job. So as you can see, Mia is an active, energetic little girl who likes to stay on the move. What you may not know is when Mia was born, she had a small dimple in her back, and when her parents, Brittany and Kelly, noticed it and asked the doctor about it, they were told that they would just keep an eye on it and try and see if it turned into anything serious. Well, last year when Mia was four she began having a lot of pain in her back and it started out small but as it turned into the beginning of this year the pain began to get extreme. Yeah. What happened? Um, they looked at my back. Was it doctors that were checking you out? Why were they looking at your back? see what's wrong with it. Did it hurt when you would try and do fun things, like gymnastics? Her brother, Will, had a few things to say about that. Hello, I'm, I'm, I'm Will Thompson. Um, I'm Mia's brother. That's it? Well, did you want to tell us something about when Mia's back was hurting? Mia, Mia she she barely did anything. Because I had to do everything for her. I had to do her TV, I I, I got her food when she wanted it, all my clean stuff that she couldn't clean, and other stuff. You did all those things because her back was hurting? Mm Mm-hmm. How did it make you feel when you saw her, Uh, when her back was hurting? Sad. Made you sad? The doctors decided that they needed to run some more tests and they were referred to a pediatric orthopedic surgeon and he was sure by about 90% that there was something going on in her back that was serious and there was definitely some issue there he felt like her spinal cord might actually be tethered at the top or at the bottom And that would need some surgery to correct that or maybe the spinal cord was actually entwined um, in a way that was causing this pain so they were concerned and they decided to have Mia go through an MRI and she went through an MRI in April and they just told them that if they saw problems there then they would have to go to a pediatric neurosurgeon to try and get that taken care of. And so Brittany and Kelly decided that they would gather people around them to agree with them and pray. And they found other individuals and churches that would agree with them that God would heal their daughter. But even in all of that, they still had times where they felt defeated and overwhelmed by what was going on. And when that happened, they turned to their grow group and they gathered with their grow group and they had a time of prayer. They shared everything that was going on in their hearts and in their lives and the fears that they had and the discouragement that they were facing. And their grow group gathered around them and prayed and believed with them that God would do a miracle for their daughter. And Brittany said, Right after that happened, a peace filled her like she had never felt before, and they went on from that time truly believing that God would do something. So they went in for the MRI in April, and they had to wait a few days for the results to come back. Brittany and Kelly were told that there was zero spinal cord problems with their daughter. And even beyond that, the MRI showed that the spine was even less curved than an x-ray had shown just one month before. They realized as the days went on after they got those results back, Mia's pain began to disappear. She began to do the small things that would even give her pain before being able to sit for a longer period of time or laying down in bed at night without tears because of the pain. In her back. So they knew that God had definitely done a miracle inside their daughter's body. Brittany and Kelly now know 100% that our God is a miracle-working, healing God who loves us and is able to do things in our lives. Their daughter is proof of that. They are able to watch her go and live her life without tears. And they said, Even when they were at their lowest and it was hard for them to believe, they gathered people around them who would help them have faith and pray with them, just like their grow group did, and that made all the difference. So has she been crying about her back lately? Nope. Nope. She never whines about it anymore. Like she used to? Yeah. My name is Mia Thompson. Jesus healed my back.
0: amen come on you can give him some praise you can do better than that god's good isn't he amen amen i don't know who that was for but when when melanie showed me the video earlier in the week i'm gonna gonna need one of these um i don't know who that's for but caitlin referenced it and um I don't think people realize how serious that Melanie and I are when we talk about Emma. <clears throat> Who, by the way, we're kid-free today. Our, both our girls are in Florida, and so we're living the high life. Um, I don't think people realize how serious we are and what we believe when I say that that Emma is whole, complete, and lacking nothing. And I, I always, I'm amazed by God every year how he ties this message together because what Larry said is exactly right. If you don't start out with a victor's mindset then you're defeated before you start. If you don't understand what Madison said, that, that even when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego got thrown into the fire and it looked like everything was over and done with, that God would be victorious. If you don't understand what Eric said, that, that God can restore what the enemy's taken from you. If you don't understand what Caitlin said, that purpose um, that everybody in this room, including that child that was, that was stillborn, has, has a purpose. That you have a purpose. And that if you don't believe that God is still in the healing business to make things that seem impossible. I asked some people about the surgeries and the spinal surgeries and how that would go, and nobody had anything good to say about the possibilities of her having surgery. And I want to encourage you I don't know who this is for, but some of you got somebody, and maybe you're watching online, you're facing something that says that the doctors are saying you can't overcome. Your relationship is being taken from you. you have, you're just struggling to even think to get up and have a great day because you're, you have no victor's mentality. But I'm here to tell you today, God still moves. He still cares. You're not just a number in this world. You're a name, and your name is attached to your story, and every one of your stories matters to God. I don't know who, you, who that's for. Maybe it's just God reminding me today. But I can't wait to see the, the testimonies that come from these five stories that you've heard today. Before we go, why don't you bow your head real quick. Close your eyes. I hear you out there, Noah. You don't have to go anywhere. I thank you, Father God, for the testimonies that we've heard today. God, may it stir in our hearts faith like never before. Thank you for it now, Father, in Jesus' name. I just want to ask before we go, like we do every week, if you would say, Clint, hey, I've heard these stories. I'm struggling. Maybe you say, I don't even know God. I was in church, but I walked away. Maybe you've never even met Jesus. The Bible says it's something very simple. It's it's us saying, God, I receive your son that you sent for me, that died for me to pay the price and a bill that I couldn't pay and to bring me health and life that I can't have without you. And it's a simple prayer. And if that's you this morning, I'm not, we're not going to embarrass you or call you up front. I'm just going to ask you right now, everybody's heads closed, eyes heads closed. Eyes closed, heads bowed. And if you're watching online, you can just respond below. But if you'd say, hey, Clint, include me in that prayer. I, wanna, I need to make things right. Just wave at me. I just want to pray with you. There's a couple hands Then why don't we all, everybody in the room, if you're watching online, pray this with us. Say, Lord Jesus, today I receive your grace and your mercy. Today I choose you. Thank you, God, for forgiving me by sending your son to die in my place. I worship you, God, and I thank you now that through you, I'm victorious. And I thank you for it now. In Jesus' name. And everybody said,